Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 19 of the Parenting Junkie Show. I am so thrilled that you have tuned in with me today. In this episode, you'll discover a free, simple and healing practice to introduce into your flow as much as possible so that you can ensure a healthy, vibrant and happy childhood for your kids in a really easy, low-hanging fruit kind of way. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Hi, I'm Avital. If you're just meeting me for the first time, I'm a mindful parenting coach. I'm the mother of four. I talk a lot about mindset and alternative parenting practices that can help us to create a childhood that both us as the parents and our children can really enjoy. My goal is to help you, my fellow imperfect but intentional parents, say goodbye to clutter, chaos and conflict and reclaim peace, presence and play for your family. Now, we are currently running the Reclaim Play Challenge. So if you're hearing this as it drops, first of all, thank you so much for being a loyal listener. And second of all, it's not too late to join. If you're listening from the future, hi, we will likely run this challenge again, probably in a year or so. Um, So you can still go to the link if you'd like to and get on that waiting list, which is theparentingjunkie.com forward slash challenge. Or you can just go to the show notes for this episode, which is theparentingjunkie.com forward slash 1919. You'll get all the information there. Basically, it's a three-week challenge helping us all to reclaim play, to get more independent play, more flow into our lives. So two weeks ago, we started decluttering. I shared a video and a PDF ebook with all of the ways to overcome the biggest hurdles to decluttering, which is usually in our mind. It's our mindset. And then last week, we progressed with strewing. Strewing is all about setting up casual play invitations and provocations. And our group went wild with the most creative and engaging strew ideas for their children. I'm just blown away by the incredible results everybody is getting. We must have clocked thousands of hours of independent play as a result together as a community. So really awesome. So if you'd like to get a jump start on decluttering, on strewing, see those videos, see all my behind the scenes footage and hear my story and get the fancy PDF guides we made. They're basically ebooks that will teach you how to declutter really quick and how to strew. You can get those over at the link I mentioned, theparentingjunkie.com forward slash challenge. They are free and this is all part of a kind of open house experience. I want everybody to get a taste of what it's like inside my Present Play membership Um, because I'm so passionate about Present Play. I love it. It's just an incredible community. I think it's the best place on the internet and I want everybody to join us. Well, everybody who is a right fit for the program, of course, to join us come May when the doors open. The doors open May 5th uh, until May 15th, and they only open once a year. So if you are curious about it, you want to test it out, you want to experience it for yourself, get into that challenge, get all the free resources. I really want you to test drive it first before you join so that you know what you're getting into and so that we can see if we're a right fit to work together. But even if you're sure you're not going to join us, you don't want to be part of any kind of paid program, that's absolutely fine. I still want you to reclaim play in your children's lives. I still want you to get all of these results. So get in there 
and make this impact on your lives. So today we are talking about challenge number three. This is the last and final week. And the way it kind of works is I addressed one part of each of the three major obstacles to independent play. So the three major obstacles to independent play are dependency, the environment, and time. So the week number one, we decluttered. So we addressed the environment, just one small step. There are so many other things we should do to our environments, but decluttering is definitely a step. Week number two, we started strewing, and that was addressing dependency. When our children absolutely have to have a screen or an adult to play with them and they're clingy, etc. Strewing is one tool we can use to ignite some independent play. And number three is time. When we feel overscheduled, there's no time to unwind, to process, to be more passive in the world and less, you know, shuttled around uh, from activity to activity, be more of a human being than a human doing. Our children um, are increasingly scheduled these days. And so having some downtime, having some time to simply reflect, to simply be in the world, to follow our own desire, not be passive in the sense that we're not doing anything, but be passive in the sense that we're being directed or shuttled around by the adults in our lives. That's what I mean. But actually, that type of passive time, that type of loose, free, unstructured playtime, I think creates much more active children because they suddenly step into that boredom, step into that white space and take control, take uh, autonomy and sovereignty over their own time. They become their own directors, which is a really beautiful thing. So today I wanna to address this third thing, time and talk about uh, one way of spending time that I think yields phenomenal benefits, phenomenal results, phenomenal gains. And it's really amazing when you think that it's pretty much available to everyone almost and that it's free. Okay, so I'm going to get into that today. I want to outline for you a very severe and real problem in childhood, and then I'll explain to you what we can do to overcome it. So many of us feel anxiety when it comes to raising kids, right? In some way, that's just par for the course. But our fears about their future success or being bullied or natural disasters should probably be far outweighed by our fears of much more realistic threats that face our children today. Most of these threats are a result of a sedentary lifestyle. Things like a decline in their health and a rise in obesity. It's shocking but true that for the first time in two centuries, the current generation of children, at least in America, are predicted to have shorter life expectancies than their parents. According to the New England Journal of Medicine, the rapid rise in childhood obesity, if left unchecked, could shorten lifespans by as much as five years. Now, I just want to address this for a moment because someone wrote to me recently saying that I was fat phobic because I bring obesity as an example of something that is not healthy. And they said that I was encouraging a dieting culture and that obesity is based on BMI and that all our children are beautiful and we shouldn't be so uh, moralistic about food, saying sugar is bad and broccoli is good. 
and that all children and all humans of all shapes and sizes deserve love and should never be shamed. And I absolutely agree. This is not about shaming and this isn't about body image. This is literally about health. When I say obesity, I mean literally the condition, and this is according to Wikipedia, the condition of being grossly fat or overweight. So it's not a judgment call or anything to do with aesthetics. I celebrate all body shapes and sizes And no matter a person's weight, they can hopefully be happy and they can certainly be beautiful and they are definitely valuable and worthy and should always be treated with respect. So this is never, ever about body image or body shaming. Um, But I also disagree with the person who wrote to me because she said that people can be healthy at any weight. And from everything I've learned, that's just not true. Being overweight, and I don't mean being big boned or being muscly, but being uh, having the wrong fat distribution for our frame is what I've learned is really unhealthy for most people and dangerous for most kids. And it seems to be one of the biggest issues, health issues facing American children today. So I don't think we should just say, oh, it's okay and accept it. Of course, we accept the child or the the adult. Of course, we accept ourselves, but we don't have to accept uh, too much fat on our body frame as an okay reality because it's really, it's, it's literally seems to be killing our children. So please don't write me messages saying that this is fat shaming because nothing could be further from the truth. I don't believe in a diet culture and I don't want anyone to ever feel ashamed about their bodies, no matter what their situation. And I also don't want uh, children and parents to be unhealthy. I want them to feel and be healthy. And that's what this is about. Linked to this is that children are also dealing with screen addiction. And that is linked to depression, isolation, and again, obesity. And again, I'm not technophobic. We use screens in our home. My entire career is on the screen. My children do watch shows. They play with apps. I'm not technophobic and I'm not fatphobic. What I'm worried about is too many children spending too much time in a sedentary lifestyle in front of the screen because we're seeing the results. And the results are real. The results of higher anxiety and depression amongst children today are real. The results of higher um, diet-related diseases among children are real. Also, because of this seated lifestyle, our children have lower physical capabilities, lower muscle tone, lower sensory skills, and shorter attention spans than any generation prior to them in recorded history. And they're also simply less happy. Now, the answer in our culture is typically about earlier intervention and medication, right? Physical therapy, occupational therapy, and the Ritalins, etc. of this world. And there are certainly cases where that may be appropriate, and I'm certainly not qualified to suggest otherwise. But what really gets me riled up is the fact that simple time spent outdoors is arguably the most effective way to combat all of these. So that's what I want to talk about today. Now, just as a disclaimer and to address any objections, I am not saying that time outdoors necessarily can replace medication or therapy. Again, I'm not qualified to say that, and I frankly don't know. I just don't understand enough about the science or about the medicine of those situations. And I'm also going to address what's probably going to come up where people say that it's very privileged to be able to get outdoors and spend time in a forest and you might not have the time and you might not have the nature nearby or it might not be safe, etc. And to this, I want to say two things. First of all, A, 
yes, it is very privileged. Many of the things I talk about are very privileged. Frankly, having food on the table is a privilege, but we don't have to apologize for our privileges. That's okay. If you can get to spend time outdoors with your child, that's a privilege you can celebrate and enjoy, and we don't need to apologize for it. But the second thing is that most people can do this. And I've actually created a PDF guide in this challenge, helping you to find some ways to find the time if you haven't found it yet. And also reminding you that anything that you do outdoors, even if it's within a city neighborhood and you can't see any patch of green, is still getting fresh air, is still seeing the clouds. You're still being outside and that is just wonderful. In many cases, if you have children with disabilities, if you need to use a wheelchair, I know it's going to be harder. I realize that there are climates that make it more difficult. We're all in lots of different circumstances. Please try to take what I'm saying and apply it in a way that works for you in your lifestyle, in your budget, in your ability. This week, I am challenging every one of us to get outside, preferably into nature or something that resembles nature, something that, you know, where you can see a little bit of ground and a tree perhaps, and trying to do so every day, just for a week or as much as you can manage, as much as you can manage. It doesn't need to be long. It doesn't need to be fancy. Even 10 minutes just outside your front door to get fresh air, you'll be amazed at the change in energy some time outdoor can bring. Now, my family isn't exactly forest bathing every day either. So no worries if this isn't just what you are used to, right? If it really isn't a reality in your lifestyle right now, that's okay. We're not outside all the time. It's just another tool I want you to add into your toolkit when things get a little intense at home, when you feel a little stir crazy, when voices begin to rise, when volumes begin to rise, when you feel like, oh my God, get me out of here and you start to feel like a victim, try getting outside. Let's see if that's going to work. Whether you live in a small apartment in a crowded city or in a leafy suburb or on a mountain or by the beach or anywhere in between, Getting outdoors every day has countless benefits that are literally priceless. In his book, Last Child in the Woods, an excellent book, by the way, author Richard Louvre outlined some of the reasons that free play has declined in the past generation. And it's a statistic that coincides with the rise of depression and anxiety in today's kids that I mentioned earlier. With the hundreds of parents who have become members in our global community, Present Play, the community I mentioned before, for a vast majority of them, committing to regular time outdoors has been an absolute game changer for their family. Let me give you an example. One member's name is Katie, and she found herself feeling so overwhelmed at home, constantly cleaning up after her toddler and stopping her four-year-old from hurting her little brother. And just being at home was stressful. She used to post quite often how stressful it was, how much cleanup there was. Plus, the kids seemed to climb the furniture, the walls, the curtains all day. And she found herself just stopping them, just being the no mom, you know, when you're just saying no, 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 no to everything all day. And when she learned about the benefits of outdoor free play, she started her own local forest meetup with two other families. So she just posted in her local mom's Facebook group, hey, does anyone want to meet in the forest twice a week? Um, I think it was twice a week. And these few hours a week have made such a drastic difference to Katie's experience and no doubt to her children's well-being as well. 
It's really amazing how potent this is. Now, if you're a very outdoorsy family, you already know all of this. You already know everything I'm telling you. But I hope that I'm reigniting your passion for it. And I'm inviting you to join me on my little crusade to get more of us outdoors. I mean, I need this for myself more than I need it for anyone else. I really need that encouragement and that reminder. So one of the things that I've done is I've created a pretty consistent practice of a weekly Sunday morning hike with my family. Unless something else is going on, that's what we're aiming to do. Rain, shine, snow, we try to get on our gear and get outside. Now, if you want a list of the gear that I like to use, I've put that all in the PDF of this week's challenge, so you will find it there. Time spent outdoors builds physically healthier children. Because outdoors, children naturally practice balancing, running, jumping, hopping, skipping, throwing, catching and pulling things, swinging, climbing, all manner of physical movement and developing. They develop gross and finer, fine motor skills. Think about playing with sand, you know, lifting up sticks carefully, kind of building little teepees out of sticks, collecting leaves or shells or or pebbles, or even scaling a large tree, their bodies are appropriately challenged in nature. If you think about the sterile and static uh, experience of a playground, which also has its benefits, I'm not against playgrounds, but if you think about how sterile they are, how static they are, how they never change, and how they're actually designed more for safety than for challenge these days. These days, we've gotten rid of the merry-go-rounds and of the large climbing structures. And if you look up playgrounds from the 1950s, you will be absolutely shocked at the heights those things used to reach and how incredibly dangerous they would seem by today's standards. So playgrounds have just become safer and safer and actually lost all of their appeal, which is the risky challenge. That's very, very important for children. And I'd love to do a whole podcast episode about the importance of risk in play. But nature really offers that kind of challenge in and of itself. Studies show that children burn more calories when they're outdoors, which helps again to prevent that obesity, but also to strengthen their bones and muscles. And there are other health benefits like playing in the sun, which is a natural way to build up vitamin D in the body, which means stronger bones and less likelihood of developing chronic diseases. And of course, we all know about sun safety as well, which is perhaps a risk of being outdoors, but something that we can manage. Playing with peers outdoors provides ample opportunity to problem solve and the free unstructured play outdoors without rules, directives and adult structures means that friends and siblings learn to cooperate, resolve conflicts and invent their own imaginary games. Being outdoors just reduces stress levels as well with exposure to the fresh air and I'm sure you may have experienced that stark improvement to your mood once you go outside. It's also been shown to vastly strengthen our immune system. So are you seeing how the list of benefits simply goes on and on to our health, to our wellness, to our cognitive and social abilities, even to our eyes? An optometry and vision science study showed kids who play outdoors regularly have better distance vision, like the long distance vision, than children who are always indoors. And that's really important because when children are indoors, they don't actually see far into the distance. They never look so far because there's a wall. And we don't even think about that type of health benefit of being outdoors. 
Preschoolers in particular learn new things through their senses and outdoors their senses are appropriately stimulated all of the time. Children who play outdoors regularly are more curious, self-directed and likely to stay with a task longer. So if you think about the schools and all of us parents trying to just pack in more extracurricular activities to gain these exact benefits of being able to stay with the task, of being able to focus, of strengthening their bodies, just going outdoors and playing in the forest would have done that. Children who spend most of their time indoors with little exposure to activities requiring their own initiation and follow-through, such as unstructured free play outdoors, they show less ability to initiate or participate in new activities. And studies of children who are diagnosed with ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, have found that those children who spend significant time outdoors exhibited fewer of the symptoms. According to a Stanford study, outdoor light stimulates the pineal gland. This is the part of the brain that is vital to keeping our immune system strong and making us feel happier. So spending time in nature is also associated with improving mood and happiness. An added bonus is that children who identify with nature are more likely to grow up to be adults who appreciate nature and want to protect the environment. Not to mention that being outdoors with children gets us parents all of these same benefits as well. It gets us into the fresh air, maybe the sunshine, it gets our bodies moving and feeling good. For me personally, this is a massive benefit. When I feel like I'm yelling at my kids and I feel like I'm just trapped at home, I know it's time to get outdoors. I vividly remember a day that I had hit rock bottom with my two little ones. I just felt major cabin fever. I felt like a victim. I felt like I was stuck at home with my tiny kids all day. I had two kids at the time. I was just changing diapers, feeling overwhelmed, undervalued as my husband was off, you know, doing his career. And I just finally, finally got the baby down for a nap and was ready to unwind for a moment with a cup of tea. I had been trying for hours to get him to nap. And when I came into the living room, I found that my toddler had scattered sand, kinetic sand from our sensory bin all over the living room, which I thought he knew not to do. Maybe he did know not to do, but he was doing it anyway. And I, I just started to scream. I started to scream in frustration. And my toddler cried, of course, and was very upset. And he woke up the baby and it was just the perfect storm. I was just feeling so frustrated, like I can't do anything right. And At that moment, my friend just texted me to ask if I wanted to meet up for a walk. And had I stayed home, I would have been fighting with the baby to get him back back to nap. And I would have been angry with my toddler the entire afternoon. But instead, I put the baby in a carrier, took my toddler's hand and just off we went. We just went just like that. And it was unbelievable how the moment I stepped outside the door and just saw the sunshine and the trees... It was as though a massive weight had been lifted off my shoulders. And that was the moment I realized the power of getting outside. When children get to get outside, they can yell loudly, they can run, they can let off steam, they can explore the fascinating scientific world around them, they can do all of the things they're not allowed to do inside. And all of the effort that we put into creating interest and intrigue for our children indoors, we don't have to do outdoors. If you've ever taken a toddler for for a walk, you know what I mean, right? they can find a snail on the sidewalk and that's it. You're, you're stuck there for half an hour because they're so fascinated. 
But I know that despite all these very profound and really tangible benefits to both parents and children, people are getting outside for unstructured free time in nature less and less. Because there are a lot of excuses, right? We're too busy, we're too tired, we're too cold, it's too hot, it's too wet, it's too muddy, it's too lonely, we're bored, it's, there's too many bugs, it's too dangerous, etc. But I just want to encourage you because I know that whatever it is you might be struggling with, with regards to getting more time in nature, there are thousands of other parents in our community who have faced that too. They live in the same climate as you. They have children the same age groups as you. Maybe they face the same challenges as you and they can help you to brainstorm creative ideas. I want to shift us all out of victim mode of, I can't, this won't work for me. It does, I can't do it. I don't have the privilege. I don't have the ability. I don't have the energy. And shift us into creatively problem solving, coming up with solutions of how you can make it work for you even just a little bit. So that's why I created this challenge. That's why I created the PDF guide and why we're going through it together. Because when we have that accountability and we get inspired by other people, we can make it a reality in our life to get outside every day or at least close to that. Maybe it's once a week. That's okay too. It does not need to be perfect. It doesn't need to be Instagram worthy. It doesn't need to be for long. It doesn't need to be alone. And it doesn't even have to be your favorite thing ever. But I do want to challenge you to at least try to get outside every day and to document it for yourself, for your own accountability's sake, kind of like a fitness challenge because that will inspire you to see how far you've come. And if you want to share it in our Facebook group, in Love Parenting with Avital, it will inspire other people too. And that way we can cheer you on. We can also share in your epic fails and celebrate your wins, big or small. So even if it's just five minutes in nature, I really would love to hear about it. So if you're not sure how to get started with nature time, what to pack, what to do when you get there, how to convince your kids, what gear you need, or you want some tips and tricks from some seasoned experts I've spoken to, I've compiled those in the PDF guide on uh, the challenge and you can go there. So I hope that you'll get outside. Remember, it's a completely free and available way to make a massive impact on your child's health, well-being, and happiness. It's one of the practices that we take seriously in my community. We support each other in getting back into when you fall off from time to time, because you will fall off from time to time, just like any good habit. So I really hope that this gets your wheels turning, gets your mojo up to get outside, spend more time in nature. And I would absolutely love to see you on the inside of the challenge and see your pictures of your little ones outside playing in those muddy puddles or in the sand or with the shells and to inspire each other and give each other more ideas. Next week, I'll be sharing more about our Present Play community and a message that I have for all of us parents here in the Parenting Junkie community. And just again, thank you so much for tuning in. I know that you have a million one other things that you can do. I hope this has inspired you to get you moving, get you outside. And I would love to hear from it. If you tag me on your stories, um, you can use the hashtag ReclaimPlay and just tag at Parenting Junkie on Instagram, on your post or on your stories. Show me if this has inspired you to get outdoors and to reap those health benefits that are available to pretty much everybody. So much love and namaste. 
Thanks for listening to The Parenting Junkie Show. If this was helpful for you, I would be so appreciative if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Subscribing to the show means you'll get the bonus episodes that I only deliver here. And when you rate and review the show, it helps other parents find it. I'll be shouting out some of my favorite reviews in upcoming episodes and would love to spotlight you.